Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here at CIV, and you might be wondering where I am right now. My family and I traveled to Houston this week, and so I am doing this from our hotel room in Houston, and so that's why the background's a little different uh, than normal, but I'm really excited to continue on in our No Other Gods message series and in this series, what we've looked at is how we are, are pulled to worship two gods in our culture. The first pull is to worship ourselves. We're calling that selfie. We have this pull to take care of number one, numero uno. That's ourselves. We elevate ourselves above other people, and we, we put them in the, the background where And we call ourselves to the foreground. We think, I know that I deserve better than everyone else, and I'm going to make sure that happens. This picture right here is a perfect picture for what this is. There's this couple trying to take a picture. There's this plane flying in the background. They had a limited time to get this picture, and somebody was walking their dog and, and chose not to wait to let them have their picture, and their moment. That's what we can all do. We all want to push ourselves to the forefront, and as we're doing that, we're really worshiping ourselves. There's another poll to worship the government. We're calling that the beast. Government continually calls people um, under its control to put their trust in it. So it grows and gets bigger and it gets as big as it can get. The pattern that we see with the government is there's a problem identified, and the solution is usually more money hiring more people to fix that problem. It's like the homelessness problem that we're having in our state, a very real and sad problem that we're having. But look at this article from CNN. Our state has spent $17.5 billion on homelessness from 2018 to 2022, and more people are still becoming homeless. We have, the mo- we have more homeless people in our state than the rest of the United States combined. And the government solution is allocate more money. And they're saying, yeah, we've spent that much, but it, the problem would be so much worse if we didn't spend that money. I'm not making a statement on what's going to fix the homelessness crisis in our state. I'm simply using this as an example to show that the beast's answer to problems when they come across them is more money, more control, more programs. It's to grow to solve those those problems. It calls us to put our trust in them to fix the problems we're facing. So what does honoring your father and mother have to do with our No Other Gods message series? Well, we find the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. The first commandment is that you shall have no other gods before me. That's the title for this message series. And the fifth commandment that we find in Exodus 20 is honor your father and mother. This fits with the No Other Gods message series because the government has made some policies that really push to separate kids from their their parents at a young age. My son Blake turned 12 this past year, and 
the day after or week after, I can't remember when I looked, the day, the weeks following him turning 12, I could not find his test results in his medical records. Take a look at this screenshot. Here was what my wife's my chart page looks like, and there's this test results um, circle that you can click. And then here's what my son's Blake looked like after he turned 12. There used to be a test results circle for me to click, but all of a sudden it had vanished and it was gone. We had to go to the medical office. We had to set up a new account just for Blake. And then he had to be willing to share his password and username with us. They have no problem sending me the bills for his care, but him being able to make certain medical decisions on his own, separate from his parents, they're okay with that. I want to be clear on something with this. If there is a situation of child abuse, then parents should be stripped of the, those rights, or they, they should be, the child should be placed in a safe place to be taken care of. But that's not what this law, this policy did. It stripped every parent of the right to see what's going on in their 12-year-old's medical uh, history. This is telling kids, you can't trust your parents, but you can trust us. We'll take care of you. Put your trust in us, not in your parents. And we see this in many other ways in our culture as well. Chino Valley Unified School District approved a policy that parents should be notified if a student is using pronouns other than what's on their birth certificate. Seems like common sense, doesn't it? Well, just this past week, the Attorney General of California is suing Chino Valley Unified School District. Think about what this is saying. It's saying, kids, you can't trust your parents with what you're thinking and what you're feeling, but you can trust us. You can trust the state. You can trust the beast with that info. So honoring your father and mother fits really well in this No Other God's message series because the government is trying to insert itself between parents and kids in our state. But this goes against the Bible. In the Bible, we find that God gives parents the responsibility to train their children. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your child to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The Bible is clear. When it comes to kids and parents, parents are responsible for training their children. They do, they are to do this in the way that is in the best interest of the child, not provoking their kids, not pushing them, but training them up in the instruction and, and discipline of the Lord. Ephesians 6 says, don't provoke them. Don't provoke them to the point of anger. That's not something fathers should do. And most parents do the best they can to train their children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. In fact, that's something our church wants to be about. We want to help families. We want to bless parents and families. And we have a parenting seminar that's coming up that um, here at CIV. And our goal is to come alongside parents and help them with their God-given roles and responsibilities. I hope that you can sign up and attend our kids' parenting seminar. Uh, you can find it on the events tab. 
You can take a little more look at that, and we hope you can sign up for that and be with us next week for it. Proverbs 22.6, it echoes the responsibility of training children and how that falls on parents. Train up a child in the way he, he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. However, the current administration, federal administration, does not believe that this is true. Take a look at this headline from 2022. Biden claims kids don't belong to parents when they are in the classroom. And that wasn't a one-off. That wasn't something that he misspoke. Because again, 2023, at the around the same time they were celebrating Teachers of the Year, Biden claims there is no such thing as someone else's child when they're in the classroom. The government does not care about children the way parents do. Children are statistics to the beast. Parents see the individual child. They will sacrifice great lengths for that child. My family and I were in Houston because we're visiting uh, the Rosmans. And their son, their four-year-old son, Luke, um, had a major lung surgery. And it's been a long recovery. And Brad and Lindsay, along with their family, they're staying up around the clock to make sure someone is with their son all the time in the hospital. They've gone days at a time without sleep to have conversations with the doctors and make sure he's getting the care that he needs. Teachers can have a big impact on students. We have a lot of teachers in our church. We, we love them. They can do some really good things for their students, but it is absurd to think that when the kids go into their classroom, that they're theirs. They don't know what's best for those kids individually like parents do. They won't be there night and day to sacrifice for those kids. That's the role of parents. And parents are the ones that can best care for their kids because they know their individual needs, their strengths, their weaknesses, how to nurture them and care for them and help them grow into the adults that God wants them to be. God has given parents the responsibility to train children. That responsibility should not be transferred to any other. And the Bible clearly says that God gives children the responsibility to honor their parents. Exodus 20.12 says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The book of Exodus was written in Hebrew. And the Hebrew root for honor, it literally means like heavy or weighty. And so honor your father and mother, honoring them. It means that they're to be given more weight. They are to be held in higher esteem than you should. And we should treat them accordingly because of that. Think of your parents like this picture of gold being weighed. The more gold weighs, I know the quality needs to be there as well, but say it's the same quality, the more gold weighs, the higher its value is. Children need to view their parents with heavy regard. Parents are to be honored. It's the children's responsibility to view their parents as people worthy of honor and then to, to honor them. 
The second half of Exodus 20 is very interesting because look what it says. It says that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. These were commandments given to God's people. They were about to enter into the promised land that God was giving him. And so the promise is true for all, but it's very specific to God's people at the time. God was promising long life in his promised land if they honored their father and their mother. Now, this is not a guarantee uh, to, if we honor our parents individually that we're individually going to be given a long life. That's not exactly what they're talking about here. This is a promise to God's people that they will dwell in the land for a long time if they honor their father and mother. Why is God promising long days to those who honor their parents? We might not know 100% all the reasons why, but one of the reasons that we can see and we can know is that families are a key part of the fabric that holds a culture together. Honoring parents, it leads to families staying intact. And intact families, they pass on their values to the next generation and they continue to pass them on to the next generation and the next and the next. And God's ways lead to blessed nations. Parents also pass down wisdom. Wisdom to help their children uh, with the situations they're facing currently and to, and in turn, this blesses the communities they live in. That wisdom will bless nations if people choose to honor their parents rather than treat them as expendable when they get older. Honoring our parents is the first commandment with a promise. And that is one reason why we should honor our parents. But there's more. There's many other reasons. And one of those is we honor our father and mother because they gave us life. Proverbs 23, 22 says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. God tells us to remember what our parents have done for us. They gave us life. We are to love and honor them, whether they are young and can help us or whether they're old and we need to help them. Parents should receive honor because they gave us life and sustained that life. This reminds me of this quote that I've seen a bunch of memes about something a mom might say to their kids when they, dis, when they misbehave. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Now, I do not endorse saying that in any situation in parenting because it's, it's not right. <laughs> Moms are still going to uh, face consequences if they actually followed through on that threat. And it's just not something you want to say to your kids. It's not right to say. But the core of the statement is saying you should not show your mom disrespect. She has earned respect because she brought you into this world. We also honor our parents because they sacrificed for our good or are currently sacrificing for our good. Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7 says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house 
and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. This verse highlights the job of a parent. They shall talk about God's ways all the time with their kids. When they sit in your house, when they walk by the way, even when they lay down and when they get up, parents are 24-7 on duty with their kids. And this requires a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of opportunities to sacrifice for your kids. There's a lot of opportunities to be concerned about what's going on in their life. Parents will take their kids to do what they want to do rather than doing what the parents want to do. I have not slept the same since I had kids (laughs) because we're up in the middle of the night listening in our sleep somehow for what might come about. And that is part of the sacrifice that parents do. There's this selflessness that has to happen to be a good, to be a good father and mother. And that needs to be honored. Parents have also provided for our health, education, and welfare. First Timothy 5.8 says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. It's the role of parents to provide for their kids. And a lot of times kids don't understand what their parents have done for them. And this meme can be true. It says you make your kid's favorite thing for dinner and you find out that it's not their favorite thing anymore. That is a bummer. Parents need to be met with gratitude. That's how that kids can honor their parents. But there's a lot of times where that just simply doesn't happen. Now, these three reasons are Reasons why we honor our parents. It's right for children to honor their parents. Children will never know all that they have done for them. And that's okay, but children need to take the role of honoring their parents seriously. And we honor our father and mother differently based on our ages. As children, we obey our parents all the way, right away, and in a cheerful way. This meme, it highlights the importance of obeying your parents. Now, kids may not get lost in the ocean. There's this protection that comes when kids obey their parents. Parents in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, it talks about this child's responsibility to obey. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Here we see that obeying parents is tied to honoring them. When we are younger, honoring our parents, it's done by giving them our full attention when they're talking and doing what they say. When our kids were younger, we... Uh, would ask them, how do we obey? And they would say, all the way, right away, and with a happy heart. Very cute thing to see. That simple phrase helped them to know what it looks like to obey. And we want our kids to learn this and learn how to obey because that is the way to a blessed, long life. The goal in teaching our kids to obey is not... That they just do what we say 
and it makes it easier on us. No, that's not the, that's not the case at all. The key to helping them learn how to obey is that they, they adopt God's ways of life. They learn how they can live a best, blessed life by doing life God's way. Now, as time goes on and children turn into adults, the way that they honor their parents changes. Adult children don't need to obey their parents anymore. You know, it's not so cute if an adult child is repeating, how do we obey? All the way, right, right away, all the way, and with a happy heart. That's, that's not so cute anymore. And it's not accurate. Honoring our parents, it, it shifts. It's no longer about obeying. Um, honoring them as we get to adulthood is we listen to our parents. Our parents have been in our stage of life before. They, they've been through it. They've done it. And as we go to older, we realize more and more that they were right about a lot of things, like this picture. Once I started spending my own money, I realized my mother was right. We do have food at home. <laughs> you ever heard that before? We have food at home. We're not eating out. Parents have a different perspective on life than we do. And they have so much to offer in terms of advice and perspective to help us think through things. As we get older, we would do good to listen to them. Now, we don't have to obey their advice, but we would be wise to listen to them and consider what they are saying. Proverbs 13.1 talks about this. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And then Proverbs 6, 20 through 23. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment for is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Nobody wants what's best for you on earth like your parents do. And so they are going to do the best to give you sound advice that leads to a good life. Listen to them. Consider what they're saying. When there's advice you can apply Apply it to your life and let them know that you did. Thank them for it. Honor them. Hold them in high esteem. Show them gratitude for all that they have done for you in your life. This is the way to honor your parents as adults. And then with aging parents, we show appreciation, respect, and we take care of them. Leviticus 19.32 says, you shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. Those that are aging should be honored in our culture. It's in the family member's responsibility to take care of them. And taking care of aging parents is, is an opportunity to learn a lot more from them as well, my dad's parents moved in with our family when I was uh, the summer before I was moving, uh, going to college. And I don't know all the work that it was, but I know it was a lot of work for my parents to do that. And at times it was really hard on them. 
to take care of their parents. But it was right, and they honored them by doing that. And our family was blessed to have my grandparents in the house with us. We got to hear all kinds of stories about uh, and learn about our family and how they grew up and all kinds of things. We heard uh, what it was like for them during the Great Depression. And my sister and I remember that time of them living with us really fondly. It was a, a great time with them. It's not the government's responsibility to take care of our aging parents. It's our responsibility, and God has good for those who take that seriously and honor them. 1 Timothy 5, 3 and 4 gives some more clarity on taking care of aging parents. It says, Honor widows who are truly widows, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. So here we see, this was a letter to church, and here we see the first people that should take care of their aging parents is their children. They should be the ones to take care of them. They should make some return to their parents for the goodness that their parents have done for them. They owe their parents for what they have done. Now, if someone doesn't have children or they're not around, the church steps up to take care of them as well. Now, we have looked this morning so far at the ideal situation. Honoring our parents, they're worthy of respect and honor. And this is how God intends it to be. That that happens generation and passes on to generation and generation. And it goes well for them in the land and they live long in the land. But we live in an imperfect world. And so what if someone didn't have parents, good parents growing up? What do we do then? Well, here's four things, or three things, I think, that you can do. Um, and if, if you feel like, I just didn't have good parents. Well, the first thing is don't judge them. God will judge them. Matthew 7, 1 through 2 talks about judging people. It says, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. It's not our job to judge our parents. There will come a day where they stand before God and give an account for, for what they have done on this earth. So it doesn't help for us to sit there and judge and think of all the ways that they have done wrong to us. And so the next thing we want to do is be gracious and forgiving. Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. God has every right not to forgive us. We rejected him. He's perfect. We are not. He could leave us stuck in the guilt and the shame of our sins, but he doesn't. God forgives us. How can we then not forgive others. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean that we're just going to forget about what was done. Forgiveness means I'm not going to bring it up again. I'm not going to use that again against this person. So if there's some deep past hurts that you just haven't gotten to forgiven yet, 
I want to encourage you to work through a process of forgiveness. Because what you're saying is, I'm not going to bring this up anymore. I'm not going to use it against you. It might change our relationship still. There's trust is going to have to be built up again. But I'm not going to bring it up again. I'm going to be gracious. I'm going to be forgiving. And I want to encourage you to think about, is there any way you need to do that in your life? And then the last thing is, find ways to appropriately honor your father and mother. Again, this this can be really messy. And you might need to talk to a pastor or someone at church that can just help you to work through this process of how can I forgive my parents? And then how can I then what's appropriate for me to honor them now that I'm older or whatever's going on? I want to encourage you, reach out to somebody. Ask for help with this. God commands us to honor our father and mother. And the family, church, and society is blessed if we obey that command. They'll live long in the land because they hold true to its values. Christians should be the example for how to honor our parents at every stage of life. Our church desires to be one that helps families at every stage of life. So let's be that kind of church. And the first thing that we can do to start to be that kind of church is just take a next step in response to the message today. Each week we have next steps that you can take in response. So here's some next steps you might want to put into practice this week. The first thing is write out 10 things that you're grateful your parents did for you growing up. Thank God for those things. And then express gratitude to your parents if they're still alive. This could be a great exercise of learning how to honor your parents for specific things that they have done for you. The next is find a way to honor your parents this week. There's something you can do. It doesn't have to be big. It could be a note. It could be a text or a phone call. Find a way to show them honor, to to show them that they are of high esteem in your life. The next next step is seek advice on how to honor my parents in my current stage of life. Might need some help figuring out how can I honor my parents with where I'm at right now. And then the last next step is be informed on parental rights issues. There's a couple of organizations that you can check out. The first is CaliforniaFamily.org. You can sign up to be um, notified from them when there's uh, different legislation going on or um, things that you can contact your um, local representative about. Be informed of what's going on and see, is there ways that I can, I can try to influence our culture to do things God's way? The next one is the Pacific Justice Institute. Um, The URL is on your handout as well for this. We support the Pacific Justice Institute uh, monthly and a lot of times through our Christmas offering. They are a great organization. They offer free uh, legal counsel, uh, legal representation to churches, uh, to parents who are, are facing problems with parental rights. 
Um, and they are on the forefront of really trying to influence our culture to do things God's way. And so I invite you to check out their website, sign up for their emails. It's fun to hear about different cases that they have going on uh, here locally and across the country. God wants us to honor our parents, that it may go well and we may live long in the land. Let's ask him for his help to do that. God, we ask that you would help us. Help us to be a church that honors our parents, honors those that are aging around us. They have so much wisdom to offer. Help us to be a church that honors the young parents and what they're going through. Help us to be a church that influences our culture to Leave the parenting to the parents. Help us to be a church that is known to bless families and that's attractive to people that don't know you yet. We want to do that, Lord. It's our desire. Help us, Lord, to individually take what we've heard today and put it into practice in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.